Hey, 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 it is Eric Scott, and this is the Artistic Accomplices Podcast, and I'm here to bring you creative inspiration, creative encouragement. I'm here to be that little voice in your ear that encourages you to follow your creativity because we are all creative. And today I wanted to dive into a topic, I I probably have brought this up before, but I wanted to specifically focus on inspiration because I think it's one of those words that people throw around a lot, that people, you know, it's it's this very kind of uh, ephemeral, um, ethereal, maybe that's a better word, ethereal term that we use a lot. And it's like, you know, we're waiting for inspiration to strike like lightning. And it it probably won't if we're waiting and waiting and waiting and hoping it's going to strike us like lightning. It's just not going to happen. And I think we often throw that term around and perhaps we don't understand it as well or or we latch on to that more ethereal part of it. And so I wanted to take some time and talk about how you can be inspired and how you can use that inspiration to really fuel the things that you are passionate about and, you know, really diving into that inspiration. Um, I've thrown around some quotes on, on the podcast and anytime that I speak about inspiration. Um, and I think they both relate to this notion and yeah, it's, but I think sometimes our ideas of inspiration get in the way. And so I wanted to kind of mention these quotes again and talk about kind of how I see them fitting in with this idea that, that I want to talk about today. So there are two quotes. Um, the first one is Chuck Close. I, I use it all the time. And his quote is, inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us just show up and get to work. And in that quote, it kind of seems like he dismisses inspiration. But I think he dismisses it in that kind of lightning strike kind of way. And that if you're sitting around waiting for inspiration to strike you, then you're going to be waiting around for a really long time. And yeah, it's inspiration does exist and it's out there but to to think of it as this this thing that just kind of that it's magical or mystical or mythical and it just sort of happens if we're waiting for the the muses to speak to us to to come and speak through us you know that's a that's kind of a, a poetic way of thinking about it. But I think what Chuck Close is really saying is that, yeah, inspiration comes from the work and that our ideas come from the work. And I, I'm going to go a little bit more into that um, in a few minutes. But the other quote that I wanted to bring up that I've brought up many times before is by Picasso. He, he said, yes, inspiration does exist, but it has to find you working. And so getting to work, having those ideas, just diving in, um, you know, playing around, not worrying about what something's going to look like, and just getting going. Yeah, that's when when inspiration does kind of come up. But I think we can look at other things as inspiration and not in this way of like, oh, I'm waiting for these things to magically spark something in me and then I'm going to be more creative. I look at something, I look at inspiration um, very much the way Close and Picasso do. You know, that notion that, yes, it does exist, but we have to be working, that working, that's where we kind of get our ideas, the ideas lead to one another. Um, but I recently came across a quote, and I don't don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before, but um, it's something that I read Uh, So recently, the National Art Education Association had a virtual convention. Typically, it's a big thing that draws thousands of art educators across the world, and we gather in one place. Well, this year, because of COVID and the pandemic, it was relegated to being online. And actually, that was really interesting because it allowed me to kind of like catch things that maybe I wouldn't have like in person. Because when you're in person at a big convention, 
It's like you miss a lot of stuff. But they had um, a speaker, and many of you are probably familiar with him, author and illustrator Mo Willems. Um, if you're not familiar, he's uh, he's written and illustrated books. Um, he started out uh, uh, working for... Um, Oh shoot! Uh, just my mind went totally blank. He started out working in an animation, and then um, ended up writing books. And so his first book, I think, is "Don't Let the P- Pigeon Drive the Bus." And then he also has a whole series of books about Elephant and Piggy. Um, and so he gave a talk for the the convention. And so a lot of what he was saying was like really, really interesting. So he, he talked about his sketchbook being an idea garden. And I thought that was really cool, you know, because I think of my visual journals in that way that it, that's the place where I get where I get ideas or ideas, you know, kind of grow. That's where they incubate. Um, that's where I try out a lot of stuff. I, I, I practice. I play around in my journal. And so I, I think it really related to that quote. However, I was doing a little bit more research and looking him up online and seeing what was out there. And I found an interview, and I can't remember um, who it was with. But in the interview, he mentioned that um, that we don't have ideas. Ideas are grown. And I, I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's it. That's right there. That's what it is that what we feel like is or what we think, what, what this myth about creativity and making and creating, that myth about how an artist or a writer or a musician um, has an idea and then they bring that idea to fruition. And that implies this, this notion like inspiration striking like lightning and that, you know, the muses are, are speaking. So it, when we think about it that way, that artists, that creative people have ideas and then they bring those to uh, fruition, it's really easy to fall into that pattern or into that mindset that, yeah, like, you know, inspiration, it, it's going to strike and it's, it's this very mythical, mystical, magical kind of thing. But when we think of it as like, oh no, an artist doesn't have an idea, the ideas grow, that an idea can come from so many different places. And I really, really kind of dug, dug that quote. And, and it's something that I've been thinking a lot about. And it's what I thought a lot about for a recent uh, free online workshop that, that I had given. And what I wanted to do in this workshop was to get people to sort of tap into their ideas. Because I think as, as artists, as songwriters, as, as creative folks chasing some kind of creative endeavor, that can be a very difficult thing. And I, unfortunately, I think like that's not taught. So when you take an art class, a lot of times it's not about how do artists come up with ideas? It's about, well, here are the materials and here are the techniques and here's how you use them. And here's how you make this thing. And the teacher or the instructor shows you this thing that you make and you make it and it looks like what the instructor made. And even if they don't, it's kind of like, the focus is on the technical aspects. So when you're learning to play an instrument, it's like you're learning the technical parts of it. Um, you know, but where do musicians get and songwriters get their ideas? Where do these things come from? And if we think of it as, you know, we grow them, that that we we sort of plant seeds and then we watch them grow. And I, I really like that analogy. I love I love the gardening analogy, and um, I, I look at what I talked about from uh, on the last episode. You know, on the last episode, I was talking about uh, some things is just to kind of get yourself making and creating, and talking about like you know, working small, working fast, working outside of your comfort zone. And I look at when you do that, that that's like planting a seed, like you're, you're trusting that intuitive voice and you're just kind of doing something because it, there's a little bit of a spark, not that there's a big idea behind it, but just that you're sort of following some unconscious thought or some intuitive idea. And so that's like planting the seed. 
And then, oh, we have to tend to that seed. We have to water it. We have to fertilize it. We have to make sure it gets enough sun. You know, we have to do all these things to, to help that seed thrive. And so that's kind of where I'm going today on the episode is that thinking about things that we can do to take those little seeds, those little kernels of ideas that maybe we have and, and how to, to tend the garden and do things that can really help those ideas grow. And it is all about inspiration. And I kind of want to expand it a little bit too, and not just thinking about it as inspiration, but inspiration, inspiration, and influence. So what are the things that inspire you and influence you? And what we need to do is we need to really take a look at not just the people that are doing like the thing that we do and being inspired by them. So as a visual artist, yeah, it's easy for me to like constantly look around and and see what these other artists are doing and be inspired by them. But going even further, like kind of looking outside of ourselves and this little realm of creativity or making that we have and seeing what else is out there, kind of really looking at our lives and what are the things that pull us in our everyday lives and how can that influence and inspire our work. And so I think of this as like our passions. And I did a whole episode on passions before, but um, I was really kind of jumping around and and talked a lot about different things that we can be passionate about. Uh, But today I really want to talk about like the ideas, the things that we are passionate about that can help push our ideas forward, that can be our inspirations and our influences. And so discovering those passions can really help us and it's going to help us like fertilize the garden. It's going to help us water and and provide the sun and weed the garden and, and do the things that we need to do to allow those little kernels, those little seeds of ideas to grow. I'm going to abandon the, the garden um, metaphor analogy for a moment and, and, Think of it as food now. So maybe, you know, not even, I don't even want to go like, okay, you the garden grew and now you have the food because that's not the point. Um, but <laughs> kind of thinking of ourselves as, you know, consumers, right? You are what you eat. You've probably heard that before. I remember growing up and, uh, you know, hearing that whenever they, t- you know, on Saturday morning cartoons and at school and stuff, you are what you eat. So, you know, if you're eating a bunch of junk food, that's not healthy. You're, you're probably, your body's probably not as healthy if you're, all you're eating is junk food. If you're eating healthier foods, you know, your body's going to be healthier. Um, and so I take this notion and apply it to the other things that I'm consuming for myself and for my art. So, you know, you are what you eat, uh, but we can think of it as you are what you are consuming. And so I think there lies a very key part of what are we passionate about, you know? So if we take a look at the artists, not just the artists, but if we take a look at, at more than just the artists that we are inspired, excuse me, that we are inspired by, there is, there's a lot of rich, fertile material there for our creativity. And so what I've come up with is kind of breaking this down into four basic questions to kind of think about and to answer for ourselves. And so the first one is, who are you looking at? And this really does kind of tie into the, um, to the art, uh, and so I, when I presented this in my workshop, of course, I'm, I'm speaking to visual artists. Um, so this could be really anybody, though. I mean, so it, even if you're a m- musician, who are you looking at? And that doesn't mean like singers and stuff, but like, you know, do you look at art? Do you look at fashion? Uh, do you look at design? Are there people on Instagram? So basically, who are the artists and the artwork that you are drawn to? 
you know, who are the designers, who are the, the, the people that, you know, visually you are looking at that person or specifically maybe the artwork that they are creating, but it could be like a certain person. Maybe you're a fan of somebody because of the, you know, they have this very intriguing look or they dress a certain way. And so thinking about that, who, who are you looking at? What, who is inspiring you visually? You know, so, um, it's not that as artists, we want to copy these people or that we want to be these people and copy the way they dress or the way they make art or the, you know, whatever, but it's, it's more about trying to look at them and thinking about, about, you know, how they can inspire and influence us. Okay. So that's the first thing. Kind of think about who are artists, who are people that you're looking at that are, are really inspirational to you are really influencing you. Okay. So that's the first question. Who are you looking at? The second one is who are you listening to? So for me as a visual artist, this takes me out, uh, takes me out of this visual arts area and it takes me into another art form. And so if you're a songwriter, if you're a musician, then this kind of, this, brings you to those people that are closest to you, those people that you look to for inspiration for yourself or your music or your, your songs, you know? So I think each of these questions kind of bring us either take us away from the things that are directly inspiring us in the creative work we do, or it is um, bringing us to that. Okay. So who are you listening to? So music, I mean, I'm really thinking about music with who are you looking at? I'm really thinking about like art, visual art. And again, that could be design, that could be fashion, that could be so many different things. Um, who are you listening to? So the music, I mean, music really can touch us. It can really bring up emotions in us. It can really inspire us. A lot of people listen to music as they create, as they do all kinds of different things. Um, and so music can be such a source of inspiration for us. So think about who you listen to, who are you listening to? Okay. So again, the music, the fourth one is who are you watching? And I'm thinking specifically about movies and TV shows. Of course, we can think about streaming things. We can think about YouTube videos, um, but what draws you to certain movies or shows? Um, what are what are the things about those those movies, those shows that like is drawing us in? You know, so again, movies and TV shows. Like, who are we watching? What are the things that we are really inspired by that we maybe watch all the time? Maybe it's things that we come back to over and over again. And the final question is, who are you reading? So if you're a writer, this kind of brings you to your wheelhouse. This brings you to the people that maybe are kind of directly influencing you and your making. Uh, for me, as a visual artist, this is, this is another area that's outside of my circle of kind of influence as far as visual arts is concerned. So what are the books, the magazines, the articles, the blogs, the things that you are reading? So who are you reading? Who are the authors? Maybe you have a favorite author and you, you read everything by them. Maybe you have a certain genre of books, or maybe you really love reading certain magazines. Maybe there are certain articles or stories or characters. So <clears throat> Who are you reading? So again, think about who you're reading, um, what you typically read. Okay. So those are like four basic questions that help us focus on who's influence, influencing us in our field of creativity. So for me, it's visual arts for an author or a writer. It's going to be those authors and writers, um, that they find inspiration from. Um, so but that also expands our inspiration and our influences to other areas. And I think we don't do that enough. I feel like as an artist, I'm often looking at 
other artists and thinking about how they can be inspiration and influence for me and the work that I'm making. And same thing, you know, maybe if you're a musician or a songwriter, maybe it's the the music that you're listening to. Maybe you really just time and time again, like, oh yeah, because that's the thing you're into, right? That's the thing that you are very, very passionate about. But I think we have to look a little bit further. We have to we have to broaden the scope of our inspirations and our influences and think about these other areas because they can hold a key that maybe isn't as evident in that field, in our field. So as a visual artist, if I'm just focusing on the visual arts, I might miss something. And so by broadening this search for inspiration and influence, then I really broaden my chances of discovering what's really important to me, like what my real passions are. So what are we consuming? You know, what are we, if you are what you eat, what are we consuming visually, audibly? Um, what are we, what are we consuming as we read? Uh, what are, what are we watching? So again, who are you listening to? Who are you looking at? Who are you watching? And who are you reading? Those four questions really can help us see the broad scope of things and, and see the broad scope of our inspirations and our influences. And so I'm going to explain this a, a little bit further. <clears throat> so for a couple of these that are very visual, I highly recommend making some kind of vision or inspiration board. And it could be an actual board, you know, you might have bulletin boards in your studio or in your space. Um, maybe you want to create this in a, in a book or in a journal or a sketchbook. Or maybe this is just something that you do on the computer. Maybe it's a Pinterest board. Maybe it is a document that you do. But if we take a, take a look at the art and the artists, you know, so those are the things that, you know, that's very visual. So kind of grabbing them and not not necessarily like a picture of the artist, but of the designs, of the artwork, of the things that they make or design that really key us in. So if we're into fashion, you know, yeah, you can have a picture of that designer, but it's really the fashion that's the inspiration, right? So that's what we're looking at. The artist, you know, we're going to pull in some pictures of the artwork that we really are drawn to. And you could put this all together in a single space so that you can really look it at, look it over and look at it in the, you know, look at the whole picture and see all these influences. So, you know, focus on the, the visuals, the visual arts, the designers, and create a vision board just for the designers, just for the visual artists that you're drawn to. Okay. <clears throat> and then do the same thing with the, who are you watching? Okay. Because again, that's a visual thing. You know, you're looking at artists. I think of like looking at and watching as a little bit different. You know, we look at art, but we watch movies because movies happen during time. Now there are some uh, artists that use either um, kinetic artwork or they create artwork in, uh, you know, media like film-based media or computer-based media that changes and, and things like that. So that, yeah, there's all kinds of overlap, but, um, <clears throat> thinking about the movies and the TV shows, think about those visually too. So create another, a different vision board or inspiration board and pull in scenes like a, a, a shot from, a, a movie and put that in there, like maybe one that really either epitomizes the movie or or that like when you think of that movie, like, yeah, I think of that one scene, pull that in there. And so, you know, you might have four or five or six different movies or TV shows that you really feel like are influencing you that you really feel like, yeah, like, yeah, those are ones that I feel like kind of help define me. They're the ones that I go back to over and over again. And again, pull, <clears throat> excuse me, pull pull in um, scenes from the movie, but also maybe artwork. 
So if it's a movie, you know, oftentimes for the there's a poster that comes out or the cover of the DVD, pull that in. What what what's that? You know. So pull that in, and um, you know, kind of create again, create a visual representation of these things that you are watching. Now the things that you are listening to, the things that you are reading, you might just kind of create a list, um, and you can be very specific. So maybe there's a very specific song that you feel like, yeah, that that's definitely something I listen to all the time. Maybe it's a certain group. Maybe it's a genre of music that you're drawn to. Um, but kind of create a list. And so that you have these things that are kind of, that you find inspirational or influencing. And, you know, do the same thing with what you're reading. Kind of create a list. Be as specific as you want. Be as, be as vague as you want. Is there a certain genre of writing that you come back to over and over again? <clears throat> so kind of creating these lists and these like kind of vision boards or, or visual inspiration boards can help you start to discover ideas and themes that maybe you weren't quite aware of. So as you're looking over the artists, as you're looking over the, the movies and the TV shows that you watch, maybe there are themes or maybe there's something visual that's starting to come out. Maybe there's a certain color scheme that all of a sudden like, oh, look at that. I didn't realize that I, I've been watching these movies and the things that I, I'm really drawn to. They're very colorful. And look at the look at the artists that I'm looking at. They're very colorful too. You know, so you can start to kind of see some visual things, but then also thinking about the themes and the ideas that come up in these movies. And then do the same thing with the songs and with the things that you're reading. Of course, it might not be a visual thing, but, you know, are there themes? Are there ideas? Are there, are there, are there patterns that are kind of emerging from the stuff that you are drawn to things that you are listening to things that you are reading that like thematically you're like, Oh wow, look, I, I listen to all these different groups and they all sing about this one thing, or they sing about these kind of few ideas, or maybe you're like, Hey, I'm reading all this stuff. And wow, I, I tend to just read things that are, are about this subject or that have this, idea in mind or tell this kind of story. And so what you're doing is you're looking for patterns in the things that you're looking at, the things that you're listening to, the things that you're watching, and the things that you are reading, looking for those patterns and seeing if there's like something deeper there. Now, with all this being said, what I highly recommend is don't make it sort of like everything in the kitchen sink. You know, it's very tempting to like throw in like a hundred different artists or, you know, our, our 1000 favorite songs. Um, what I would really think about is like, what are the ones that you come back to over and over and over again? So who are the artists that you're always coming back and always finding inspiration from? Who are the musicians and the singers and the bands that you keep coming back to and you listen to all the time? Maybe it's something like, you know, you can trace back. I mean, I'm old enough that, like, I can look back and, and there are certain things that define certain eras of my life. And so I come back to things over and over again. And the same thing with who are you watching? Are there movies that like you just come back to over and over again? Things that you feel like, yeah, there's, I watch that all the time. I have the DVD and I watch it or I stream it all the time. So the things that you keep coming back to and, and try to limit yourself, you know, maybe make it five or six in each one, like kind of your top, because then that way you can really start to see the patterns might be a little bit easier. I mean, if you're just throwing in a hundred different authors that you've read that that might be all over the place but if you pick out like your top five top six then all of a sudden you're like oh okay there's these all have something in common and that's what you're doing you're kind of looking at each category and and seeing like 
what do these things have in common, if anything? Sometimes you have like these weird outliers, but then maybe they just sort of represent a different theme or a counter theme. Um, you know, we're not one dimensional, you know, humans are not one dimensional. So it's, it's natural that maybe we, we like lots of different things, but are there ideas, are there themes, are there connections that we can make with all this stuff that we are looking at, that we're listening to, that we're watching, that we're reading, is there something there that can, you know can really spark and inspire us and influence us? Because when we start to look at all of this stuff, we might realize that there are certain themes that we are drawn to over and over again. Maybe there are certain certain colors that we're drawn to in artwork and in, in, uh, movies and TVs. Maybe there's, there's color palettes and things that we are really drawn to. And so looking at these things can really help with that. Okay. Um, so just to kind of give you an example from, from my life and, and I think, I don't remember if I've really talked about this before on the podcast, but I know I was sharing this with the, uh, with the class that the workshop that I was teaching. And so who am I looking at? So I sat down and I created a vision board and I pulled artists that I felt a, a strong connection to artists that have been a big influence for me for a long time. And so I was looking at artists like Joseph Cornell. Uh, if you're not familiar with Cornell, Cornell created these three-dimensional works of art. They were they tended to be boxes. He started out doing collages, but then soon turned to 3D. So he created these boxes, almost like dioramas, and he collected all this like random stuff. He would go into the antique shops and and the secondhand stores in New York. And, you know, buy all this stuff and, and put it in his, in his work. And so he just, he took all this, you know, random stuff and, and put it together and would create these works that had this kind of very mysterious, very ambiguous kind of meaning behind them. Um, some of them seemed almost kind of scientific in nature others were you know about people he would use photos of of uh famous actresses that he really liked at the time and others he would use like uh artwork and he would this was back in the 30s so this was before uh, computers and scanners and so he would take these things and he would have them photographically reproduced because that was the only way he could do it back then and he would include this stuff in his in his uh boxes and I always think of him as like the father or the godfather of of altered art, because he was like scouring these, uh, you know, the antique shops and the secondhand shops, looking for just old books and magazines and just all kinds of stuff that he would use. And he just created these very mysterious kind of uh, uh, kind of ambiguous boxes and. I always look at them and I always feel like they're very kind of magical. Um, there's a, he transforms, there's this like transformative quality about his work. So that was like one artist. And then looking at another artist, um, Mark Bradford, he's a more, he's a contemporary artist and, uh, he creates these very large pieces. Um, he does, he does, well, he does 3d work, but he does mostly like 2d and um, he assembles all this different stuff. So he, he uses paint, but he also uses papers and string and and things that he finds. And so again, he's taken a lot of objects and transforming them. Um, his mother worked in a hair salon, and so he would use the papers that they would wrap the hair into like to curl it or whatever. And so he would use those, I guess they're called end papers or something like that. And he would use those in his work and they would be all these like different colors. Some of them would be like singed or some of them would be stained. And 
he would use those. And so he, he finds these things to use in the work and transforms it. Some of his work is very map-like, um, but he's, he's, again, he's taken this idea uh, of transforming ordinary things into these very mysterious, well, not mysterious, but sort of ambiguous or, or um, powerful images that really transcend these common ordinary objects. You know, so it's like looking at, at these different artists, like that's something that they have in common. Oh, that idea of transformation, transforming ordinary images and items and objects and turning them into something that, that's more powerful, more meaningful. I mean, that's just a very kind of, that's a deep thing. You know, that idea of transformation, that's a very big idea. That's a great theme to think about for for creativity. So that's kind of who, who I look at. There are other artists too, but those are kind of the two big ones that I can think of. Um, who are you listening to? Uh, I listen to a lot. I have a big, uh, eclectic, uh, palette of music that I, I, I love to listen to. Um, but the one that I'm kind of drawn back to again and again is sort of 90s alternative music. And the reason is that I was in college at the time. So in, in 1991, I started college. And that was the year that REM really became a big name and started getting a lot of airplay on MTV and I think VH1 at the time. And it was like everywhere. So their song, Losing My Religion, was all over the air. And I just like remember seeing the video and hearing the song and, be, and it was like completely different than anything that I had really come in contact with. I mean, I grew up listening to oldies and country. That was kind of what I was into. And I was really influenced by my parents. And I didn't really know, of course, there was like pop music and things of the 80s that I knew. But what I was into up through high school was was country music and oldies. And then all of a sudden I get to college, which of course college, a very transformative time for me as it is for many people. And I'm hearing this alternative music thing, music I had never heard before. And it was completely different. It was just something that really resonated with me. And so thinking back like, oh yeah, like REM is still there at the top of my list as far as as, uh, you know, things that I listen to and, and things that I come back to over and over and over again. And thinking about like their song, Losing My Religion, which is one of my favorites. But then they have another song called Walk Unafraid that I, I really, just the lyrics of that are very, very powerful. Um, but the really interesting thing is like, yeah, there's a sound. So, you know, like 90s alternative music really has this sound. And, uh, you know, I think about all the other groups and, you know, grunge came out shortly after. And, and you know, so again, thinking about that sound. Um, and it really defines kind of that era of my life. And I think that's one of the reasons I come back to it again and again. You know, here we are 30 years later and I come back to it over and over again. Um, so... Yeah, like thinking about that. Who am I listening to? Uh, and I, what I try to do, like with the music, since I'm a visual artist, I sort of try to transform or transcribe the music into visual terms. And I think that's a really interesting kind of uh, technique or exercise to do. I've mentioned it on this podcast before, but that I, that idea of synesthesia, if I can say it, um, where basically when one sense is lit up, another sense gets lit up as well. So thinking about the people who not only hear a sound, but they actually see a color. And that's probably one of the most common that people know called chromesthesia. And so people see color when they hear certain sounds. Or some people see a color whenever they hear a number. And so like, oh, the number three, that's like an orange, you know? 
I don't have that sense. I don't have chromesthesia. I don't have any kind of synesthesia that I know of, but it's a really interesting exercise to take what we listen to and try to uh, transform it and transcribe it into another form like visual. So, you know, trying to make a work of art that looks the way a song, certain song sounds. That's a really interesting kind of exercise. And as a visual artist, it's one of my favorites. And this is something that, again, I didn't come up with this totally, completely on my own. I stole this idea from one of my favorite podcasts, The Creative Pep Talk. And I've mentioned it before. I think I've talked about this before. Um, this notion of of trying to create um, a work of art that looks the way a, sound, a song sounds. You know, and we and when you talk about music, you talk about a lot of the same things you do for as visual arts. You, know, you talk about the the you know that uh, sound music has a color, has a warmth, uh, might have a texture or a rhythm. You know, so there's a lot of overlap between the two. But you know, again, are there are there certain ideas? Are there certain th- um, are there certain themes, there are certain concepts that are coming out of the things that you're listening to? So, um, but anyway, so who are you listening to? Who are you watching? So thinking about the things that I watch over and over again, what am I drawn to? And I'm really, I'm drawn to a lot of sci-fi and I've mentioned it on this podcast before, but Star Wars, I mean, that's my favorite movie of all time. Um, really thinking about I was four years old when the original Star Wars came out, and you know here here we are, uh, um, you know more than forty years later, and I still love Star Wars, and I've I've seen all the movies, and and I you know I have Disney Plus where I watch where I've watched a lot of the the animated series, and you know so it's like there's there's just so many things about Star Wars that I love, but there are other movies too, but they kind of are very similar, like Harry the Harry Potter movies. That also ties into the things that I that I read, but you know the Harry Potter movies, Hunger Games, um, the the Dark Crystal. Those are things that I loved as a well, not Harry Potter because I was an adult when that came out, but you know Star Wars, um, Dark Crystal. Those were things that as a kid I was into, and I still am, and I and I loved the um, the Netflix. Uh, Dark Crystal series that they came out with that was a, a prequel to the original movie. So when I start thinking about those things, like, you know, there's they're all kind of sci-fi fantasy type things. I come back to that over and over again with the things that I watch. And those often have to are, are dealing with the hero's journey. And so that's something that I've discovered that's really kind of important to me. It's like just looking at those movies and thinking about this hero's journey. Like, oh, okay. So we have transformation from from the the artist that I'm looking at, from the from the um, from the music, from the what I'm listening to. I don't know if I've really taken any kind of like big themes. I think I've taken from that actually a a, a feeling that. You know, there's a certain sense from the music that I'm listening to that I kind of want to convey in the art, and then with the with the movies and the TV shows, again, a lot of that sort of uh, hero's journey. And really, the hero's journey is about transformation. It's about you know, our hero usually is an ordinary kid. It's, it's most often uh, a young boy or a young girl, and they they go on this journey and discover that they are much more than they they could have imagined, you know, they, they've always felt very ordinary, maybe kind of left behind and that they end up saving the, the world or the galaxy or the universe, you know? And like, that's a big thing. It's a, it's a big notion of transformation. So again, who are you watching? But also with who, uh, who I'm watching, there's a certain color palette. A lot of the things I watch, um, tend to be sort of, uh, dark as far as the colors, but then have like very bright. There's this, this contrast. And, and what I can think of is, uh, almost any scene in star Wars, uh, where it's a dark set and you've got two lightsabers 
battling it out. And so you have this very dark scene. Maybe it's Darth Vader. He's all in black. And um, I, I think specifically of like uh, the original Star Wars or Return of the Jedi. And, you know, Luke is either in white or he's in black or gray or what you know. And they're battling it out. And you see the, the brightness of the of the lightsabers. But then I was even thinking, like I was picking out scenes from other movies, like Harry Potter. There's a lot of that in Harry Potter where things are very dark and then very bright lights coming out of the wands. And, you know, so I found that really interesting that a lot of the things that I really like in movies and TV have that, that visual element, have very uh, similar visual elements. So who are you watching? And then finally, who am I reading? Um, I read mostly nonfiction. So that's the first thing. Like I, yeah, I read fiction sometimes and I've read stories. Like I love the Harry Potter books. Um, I've read the Hunger Game books. And that all kind of ties in with you know, the things I'm watching because the things that I tend to read uh, fiction-wise end up becoming movies. Uh, but... The other things that I read, like the nonfiction, I read a lot of spiritual things. So I read a lot of the Dalai Lama. Uh, I read a lot of kind of um, new age things like Eckhart Tolle's um, The Power of Now and uh, A Whole New Earth. Those are two of my favorites. But um, I also read a lot about creativity. So uh, Ken Robinson, Austin Kleon, Patty Dye, they all you know, talk about creativity. And these are things that I, that I've read a lot. So some of the things that I read kind of fall into this like personal, um, uh, uh, personal help. Um, yeah. I'm like, why am I kind of going blank on it? Uh, but it's, it's not about like, um, all of a sudden like my mind is, train of thought derailed. Uh, but it's, it's, it's more about like personal growth or spiritual growth or creative growth. And those are kind of the three big themes that like that come up in the things that I read. And it's like, Oh wow. Like, okay. And again, that's about transformation. So all of a sudden it's like, Oh, look at this. I've, I'm looking at all these things and this idea of transformation is coming up over and over again. Like, Oh wow. That's really interesting thing. So you know, what I'm listening to, what I'm watching, what I'm looking at, what I'm reading, keep kind of pulling me to certain things. So just kind of like think about these things for yourself. Those, those four questions, who, who are you looking at? Who are you listening to? Who are you watching? And who are you reading? And look at sort of the, the, the big five or the big four or however many, you know, and, and the ones that you come back to over and over and over again. And you might be surprised that there are ideas and themes that emerge that you hadn't really thought about before. So yeah, I think it's beneficial to look at our field, you know? So if we're, if we're writers, like, yeah, looking at other authors that we're into, um, if we're visual artists, the other artists that we're into, but kind of looking at a bigger scope of things and considering all that and looking for those connections and looking for those patterns, I think if you do that, you're going to find that there's some deeper ideas and concepts and things that can inspire and influence your work. So it's not about okay, now I have this idea of transformation. Now let me set out and make artwork. That's all about that. But as I, as I'm working on my work, as I'm creating, as I'm making, I can keep that in the back of my mind and, and really start to think about how am I, how do I want to show that? Cause th this is a theme that, okay, it's coming up again and again, it must be important. And I always feel like the stuff that comes up again and again and again in our work, in our lives, we have to pay attention to that. There's something there. We need to take a, a closer look at those things. So I'm not standing around waiting for inspiration to strike. I'm looking at the, the things that I find inspirational, the things that I find 
influencing, uh, influential, and and really discovering the themes and the concepts and and the visual things that that really can drive my work forward. It's given me a starting point. So yeah, I'm I dive in and I start making, but. I'm also kind of considering these other themes as well, these other ideas, these other things that all of a sudden like, oh, okay, I've got something deeper. I have, I have a direction. I can let my ideas grow. You know, so we have, I have this idea garden now and I'm just going to tend it and see what grows. So I hope you take some time and think about these, these four questions and think about who is influencing and inspiring you in these four areas and are there ideas and concepts that emerge from these things that can give you some direction in your creativity so yeah so who are you looking at who are who are you listening to who are you watching and who are you reading? And I bet you can find some ideas there that you hadn't known or discovered before. <clears throat> so I just want to say thank you for listening once again and I appreciate you being here. And uh, if you're interested in kind of taking a, a deeper dive into your work, I actually have a brand new workshop out there. Um, that's actually based on this free workshop that I gave a few weeks ago. Um, it's called Emergence, and it's all about taking a deeper dive into your process and figuring out the work that you want to make. And it's geared more toward visual artists, um, but if you're interested, please check it out on my website, um, and that's uh, ericscottart.com. And... Until we talk again, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, happy creating. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I thank you so much for listening. This has been Artistic Accomplices, and I'm your host, Eric Scott. Thank you so much, and until next time.